Ladies and gentlemen, you found the program that pulls no punches, that knocks out political correctness, and delivers a right cross to defend the Constitution. We call it Fighting Words. And now, entering the ring, retired infantry colonel, trial lawyer, and fighter for truth and justice, Kurt Schlichter. Yeah, welcome to Fighting Words, the Kurt Schlichter podcast that's sort of affiliated with the Hugh Hewitt Show and that observes the convention of FCC rules regarding profanity. So that's a little different than my usual stuff uh, over at uh, Town Hall VIP, which is unredacted with Kurt Schlichter. And let me tell you, it's a little bit unredacted. So, you know, you might want to watch that. I work a little blue. But here when we uh, when we do fighting words, we get a we take we take what Hugh Hewitt's saying and we use that as a base. We use it as a launching pad. A, a catapult, if you will, to heave us into new realms of ideas, thoughts, musings, etc. And that's kind of what we're doing. Uh, I want to talk about a number of things um, this week. First of all, I want to talk about me saying, um, I've got to stop saying, um, I just said, um, like four times. I want to stop that. So every time I say um, throw something at your podcast, believe me, I'll know. I will know. Anyway, uh, Hugh Hewitt and I are, I wouldn't say we're disagreeing, but I, th- I think we have um, different levels of concern over the idea of reopening. Now, Hugh is definitely moving more in a reopening direction. He's more reopening uh, friendly more reopening curious. I am more of a full-throated reopening advocate. Now, when I say reopening, it doesn't mean everybody who is overweight, has diabetes, high blood pressure, and is 92 years old ought to go out and ask people to cough in their face. That's ridiculous. That's silly. However, as we now know, people under 40, especially ones in good health, tend to not have a negative reaction to the coronavirus. And when I say negative reaction, I mean, you know, risking death. Sometimes they get a little bit sick. Sometimes they're completely asymptomatic. But most of the time, they can get through it. They can tough it out. Every once in a while, you get somebody who's outside the parameters, someone who is the exception to the rule, and you'll have a tragedy like a, a child or a young adult die from this horrible disease. It is a bad disease. Look, coronavirus is not fake. It is not a fraud. It is not a scam. It is a challenge. It's a health challenge. And it's one that we need to face directly, openly, and wisely. And I'm not sure we've been doing that. I think that we have been spending far too much effort running around with our heads cut off and destroying our economy when maybe we didn't have to and certainly when we don't need to continue having to. And we've seen an incredible amount of nonsense, an incredible amount of nonsense from government officials and law enforcement uh, trying to enforce uh, enforce their commands. 
And that's going to be a subject of my town hall column on Thursday, May 7th. You'll want to uh, you'll want to make a date to check that out. I think it, I, what I title it, Dumb and Corrupt Cops Are Making Us Not Like Cops. Because when you see a bunch of guys, you know, hassling somebody over a play date or a SWAT team showing up to a protest because people simply want to work. OK, that's bad. You look dumb. And then we have the FBI folks who look corrupt. And they look corrupt because, in fact, they acted with corruption. This is bad. They shouldn't do that. <laughs> they just, no. The police should police themselves if they want the support of the American people. If they want to be seen as mindless thugs doing the work of you know, primarily liberal, but, but, but a few Republicans, mostly the Larry Hogan ilk. If they want to be seen as doing their dirty work, well, then they're going to be treated accordingly. It won't be thank you for your service. It'll be, you know, I'm going to, you know, it'll be dudes spitting in their Egg McMuffins. So let's understand what we're, what we're really facing here. We are facing a real disease but some people have been stupid and some people have not been following the science. And some people haven't been keeping their promises. Look, the promise that was made to us is if you shut down the economy for a short, distinct, discreet period, we will allow our lives to be disrupted. The purpose will be to flatten the curve. That is to ensure that there is not a tsunami of cases that will overwhelm the health system causing unnecessary deaths. Now, the word unnecessary is key because some deaths are going to happen because it's a pandemic. This was not to stop the pandemic from coming through a population because that really can't be done. As we've seen, the evidence is showing there are some places that are locked down very tight and the numbers are still growing. The pandemic's going to do what the pandemic's going to do. You can do common sense things, but destroying the economy better have a payoff. The payoff was supposed to be flattening the curve. We did that. We flattened the heck out of it. No one has died because they couldn't get a ventilator. Nobody has died because they couldn't get into an ICU. In some places, it's been very tough. In other places, it's been almost nothing. And we now know that the deaths are focused... We have a huge number coming out of healthcare facilities for the elderly, rest homes. So this is, you know, people are starting to wonder, why are we still destroying my job? It doesn't help that a lot of the people who are doing the most relentless finger wagging about how we need to shelter in place are also people who are still getting paychecks. People whose lives have not been turned around. People whose lives have not been destroyed. That's not good. We need to move out of it. Now, uh, Hugh believe, Hugh's very concerned about a second wave. I think that is a fair concern. That we have a second wave of a mutated virus that's even worse. And in fact, I saw a story today... Somewhere on Twitter, so it could be true, or it could not be not true, or it could be generated by a guy in his underpants in his mom's basement. Who knows? But we know in twenty in 1918, the Spanish flu came back with a vengeance in the winter. We want to avoid that to the extent we can. 
And that is something to watch out for. These, look, these are... It's not unreasonable to be concerned about the flu. I think it is unreasonable to continue shutting down everything. And everything's not being shut down. I was out today. It's uh, Tuesday the 5th. Cinco de Mayo. I should go have a... I should have a Corona here while I'm doing this. You know, just, you know, to work off a couple themes all at once. I can, you know, hit the virus, hit Mexican, you know... I got to tell you, I'm not impressed by Cinco de Mayo. Sure, I like tacos as much as anybody. Give me a burrito. Mexican beer is among my favorite, not Corona because it's terrible. But it's a holiday, right, about celebrating the defeat of the French. How, what kind of loser country has a holiday that involves defeating the French? That's like you know Hulk Hogan high-fiving his buddy because they tag team wrestled a seven-year-old with a broken leg beating the French yay we beat the French yay lame anywho I saw a bunch of people out today I saw people at the auto repair facility tons of them Uh, I've seen a lot of people on the street. I've been working from home today, so I haven't been out. I do notice that, uh, I do, I do notice that I think, I I think people were just saying, okay, we're, we're, I know we're not supposed to be done, but we're kind of dumb. And I, done. And I still see stupid stuff going on. You walk by the beach and it's taped off and there's cops every few feet. Okay. This is a poor use of our police. Also, You kind of want people to be on the beach, I think, in the heat. Because it's getting warmer. Stupidity does not build faith. So, what we have here is a situation where we were asked to do one thing, and then the goalposts moved. And people were being stupid about it. And it it stopped going from, hey, let's all, we're all in it together, let's all be responsible citizens, to, you will comply. I'm not in the compliant mood. How about I do any damn thing I want? And I'm going to do it, and I have been doing it, and I'm going to keep doing it. I am not affected by a stay-at-home order. I don't believe it applies to me. I'm going to do what I want. I'm not going to do anything stupid. I wore a mask when I went where I needed to go today. Mostly to make other people feel well. I know I don't have the disease. But you could be asymptomatic. I'm not asymptomatic, okay? I don't have it. All right. I haven't been around anyone who has. I don't know anyone who has. I don't know anyone who died from it. I know a couple of people who are like, oh, man, I totally think I have. And they take the test. And nah, you don't have it. Okay. You mean I just have the flu? Yeah, you just, just, just have the flu. Normal flu. You're going to feel lousy for a few days and you're going to be better. And again, I'm not saying the coronavirus is nothing. It's not nothing. Hugh Harkins, uh, Harkins it? Uh, compares it to a gunshot wound. You know, most of the time you're going to be okay. Sometimes it's it, it's really bad. I, I think that's fair. Sometimes it's really, really bad. Most of the time, for most people, it's not. I think we're going to come up with something under one half of 1% fatality rate. Now, it's still a big fatality rate. That's still a lot of dead people. When you see absolute numbers like 800 people dying a day, that's serious business. I think there's steps that we can take. But I don't think we have to bankrupt our country. And I don't think we have to do stupid things. Okay? P- 
People are not idiots. You know, we've managed to go to grocery stores. We've managed to, you know, get takeout food. We managed to go to gas stations. There's not much I don't think that we can manage doing. And frankly, you know, haircutting people. And I need a haircut, too. I look like I'm a, a dentist having a midlife crisis who just got divorced and moved into one of the condo towers in Marina del Rey. Okay? You know? I, I mean, I'm, I'm just shaggy. It's like pretty, pretty soon I'm going to have to get a... I, could, I think I am close to a, a man bun capable at this juncture. And that's not good. No one wants that. All right, we need to start doing things. We need to let people get back to work. We need to get back to work ourselves. And we need to rely on the common sense of American citizens. What we don't need are a bunch of bureaucrats telling us what the hell to do. We don't. And this, there's going to be a huge crisis. This is going to have some lasting changes, I think. We are going to see China as the villain it is. And I want to get back. It's going to down the road demonstrate that you know the people who have been telling us we know everything we're smart we're the best yeah they really haven't been their predictions are not right they were predicting even a, you know best case scenario we socially hundreds of thousands are going to die i think we're going to have about a hundred thousand die allegedly there's there's the whole thing about are we are we over classifying covid you know, is anybody who drops dead default COVID? I don't know. I, but I think we'll have about 100,000. And my favorite's the liberals. Go, well, 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 Trump said he only thought it was going to be 60,000. I'm so... Uh, did, 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 did he promise you? Did you go, well, okay, 60,000, but not one more. I'm going to guide my life by Donald Trump's random expression of hope and intuition you know if this is bad for donald trump it's really bad for the establishment because the establishment was saying two million establishment had it you know every bodies stacked like cordwood well that didn't happen so i don't think that we i i i don't think that we are building up a lot of faith in our institutions even though i think donald trump has done about as good a job as you can now I went to the store. Now, remember remember the, the, the PPE crisis? We don't have enough masks. We don't have enough masks. Yeah, you're right, because we didn't expect one of these things to happen. Well, gosh, those dogs. We didn't expect one of these pandemics to happen because one hadn't happened in 100 years. So we didn't have a bunch of masks in a row. By the way, masks deteriorate. Okay, so it's not like, well, let's just make a billion masks and let them sit around for 40 years. No. They deteriorate. It'd be you'd have to replace them, so you'd be wasting masks. I walked into a store the other day and I saw piles of masks, piles of personal protective equipment. Capitalism, baby. Capitalism. People tooled up. People. There was a need. It got filled. Did it happen yesterday? No. Did it happen in twenty-four hours? No. We we have gotten so used to. The Amazon idea that you order it today, you get it tomorrow. That we don't understand that, you know, stuff takes time. And the time 
that it's actually taking is actually quite incredible. What we need to do is make sure that we have the capabilities here. And we need to, and this is, this is China. We're now on China, which I agree is going to be a huge issue in the election. Because the Democrats are, as Hugh says, appeasers. Joe Biden will do what the Chinese say. And I think he's inclined to do that. I think partly because his no good, coke snorting, stripper impregnating son is in hock to them. By which I mean the Bidens. He's done deals with them. I think I think if we elect a Democrat, you know, the Chinese are going to continue their plan. Trump is really our only hope of resisting. Chinese domination, and I think that's going to be a huge issue in this election. One of the things that we need to do to avoid Chinese domination is to identify critical capabilities and make them or repatriate them. Okay? We now know that pandemic equipment is one such item. We, we definitely need to make sure America has the capacity to build the personal protective equipment and do make the drugs and the drug precursors that we need. And how do we how do we do that? Do we subsidize it directly? Government's going to tell you to do it? I don't think so. I think what we need to do, and I hate saying this because I'm a free trade guy, but I'm also a patriot. We need to put tariffs on critical equipment that comes in from China or other nations that are vulnerable or, or make us vulnerable by us not having the capability. Uh, you can still buy the Chinese stuff. It's just going to be as expensive as the American stuff, which isn't going to have a tariff, therefore giving Americans space to build it and create it. And I think that's what we need to do. And I'm not happy about it, but this is war. How do I know it's war? Because it's war. Because they are seeking to dominate us. Chinese are serious about this. We got other things too. Um, a lot of electronic equipment. My damn iPhone, that's Chinese built. That's got to end. My um, rare earths, minerals. You know, we used to ha- we used to get our own rare earths and uh, rare earth in the Cal- uh, United States. You know why we don't? In large part, EPA regulations. It's really dirty. Well, you know. Time to, yeah, maybe we're going to have to reprioritize. Maybe we're going to have to understand that there are going to be some certain messy, dirty industries that we can't outsource to our enemies and allow to loom over our necks like a guillotine blade so a bunch of Sierra Club members don't get the vapors. Yeah, it's dirty. Too bad. Time to get serious about China. There is good news. We are building more frigates. We need to build up the Navy. Yes, I like high-quality equipment, but I like a lot of equipment more than I like super high-quality equipment. I would rather have a heck of a lot of good enough than eh, not enough great. And that comes from 27 years as an Army officer, as a colonel. I there Quantity has a quality all its own. I don't know who said that, but whoever said that was right as hell. Chinese are building. Chinese are 
confronting us. We need to confront them back. And there's lots of things we can do. Our strategic position vis-a-vis the Chinese is only bad because we haven't attempted to assert our advantages. And we do have advantages. We have space. We have uh, secure lines of communications, lines of supply. The Chinese have very long ones that have to go all the way. You know, if they want their fuel, they've got to ship it through the Indian Ocean. That's a long stretch to protect. You put a couple ships, you, you get the Indians, we ally we with the Indians, and that shuts down their ability to get oil. Oh, well, they'll build a pipeline. Great! There's nothing, as a military guy, there's nothing I like better than a hard, long, big target. Their pipeline would last about 42 seconds. So they've, they've got some real problems. And we, you know, in some of their capabilities, hypersonic missiles to threaten our ships. Well, that's the cheap guy's asymmetrical threat. You know, we build a carrier for $20 billion, or I don't know how many billion dollars it is. They, they have $20 million worth of missiles to potentially neutralize it. Hey, well, they're building a bunch of ships themselves. Maybe we build us some hypersonic missiles, right? We build our own. And we stick them in connexes, you know, those big, uh, big seagoing metal boxes. So they don't know exactly where they are or how many we have. And we just move them around, stick them on some ships, and just run them around at the periphery outside their range. So when their, their guys start getting frisky and their guys start, you know, heading out into the blue water, away from the brown water, that is to, you know, the, the Pacific, suddenly... They're coming under our range fan as opposed to us under their range fan. Oh, I kind of like that. You know, I don't see it as a hugely bad idea. You don't have to put a bunch of guns and stuff on it. Get a ship out there. You know, kind of a merchant ship. Small but fast. Maybe Coast Guard cutter side. And put like 10 hypersonic missiles on it. Remember, the ship's not even going to do the targeting. The targeting's going to be internal. Targets could be satellites and stuff. And you just have those ships sailing out there in circles. That's their whole job. Like ballistic missile subs. They just sail out there. And you got to put 10 of them out. With 50, you know, a crew of 100. And you put 50 out. That's 5,000 folks. And you just sail in circles. Romantic, exciting, not particularly. Devastating, holy cow. Imagine 50 ship missiles, each with a miss, each with 10 missiles. Just 10. That's 500 hypersonic missiles threatening the Chinese Navy. You have just neutralized their building program. Of course, the Navy is going to go, oh, hell no. That's not romantic. It's not exciting. Why? Having guys just sailing out there in circles. Why that's, why that's hugely effective. Yeah, hugely effective. Anyway, that uh, concludes today's uh, or this week's uh, Hugh Hewitt affiliated podcast, Fighting Words with Kurt Schlichter. 
I hope you will join me next week. I hope you will join Town Hall VIP and become a member so that you can listen to my unredacted podcast where I say a lot of words I wouldn't say here. If you're a gold VIP member, you can join friend of the show, Larry O'Connor and Chris Stegall and I every Thursday night, at least while this is going on, at about 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern for uh, a, 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 a classy wine tasting and uh, discussion group. It's unbelievably bloody chaos. It's beautiful. Check out my town hall columns every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday out there on town hall. Follow me at Twitter. And, of course, get my books. Latest novel is Collapse. I've got some book news. I'll probably give that to you next week. Uh, when I do another edition of Fighting Words with Hugh, uh, the Hugh Hewitt Affiliated Podcast by Kurt Schlichter. Thanks a lot for joining me. I'm going to cough now. <coughs> no, I don't have coronavirus. I told you once. I will see you next week. Adios.